Welcome everybody to Everything House Music and More. And today's guest is the one and only Steve Miggity Maestro. What's happening, Steve? Salutations, my brother Maurice. How you, bro? Man, thank you for being a part of the show, brother. I appreciate this. The show. So let's get into it. Yep. House has evolved and we know it's a feeling. Can you technically define what is Chicago House? Sure. Um, House is that 909 in front of everything. I think that that was what differentiated just playing the record with the break and then having that boom, boom, boom underneath it. The whole whole drum machine where as a traditional drummer, there was things that you couldn't do that that 909 allowed you to do with the claps and the snares and that just made it a whole special electric feeling. So, 909, yep. You're straight 909, That's defined what Chicago House is. That's what it is, baby. Okay. So what year did you become aware of house culture and how? Um, so I was a radio child, right? Um, and I was I was uh, made aware of it through the Hot Mix 5 by around 1980, 81. First, okay, first. so were you spinning at that time? Yeah, I was I was DJing, but I didn't learn how to, to, to mix up until like around that time, around 80, 81. Okay. And the first okay. person I heard was uh, Ralphie. Ralphie Rosario. Ralphie the Raz Rosario. Yes. So before it was House, that's I was learning all that stuff. And then when House became part of Lexicon was when I started going to uh, Whitney Young. Okay. I went to Whitney Young, 81 to 85. So someone pointed out to me that these certain these certain records are House records, right? Right, 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 right. You know, Farley was playing all them joints and... and so that was like the Italian disco and all that stuff too, right? That for time. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, when did you start DJing, and how that how did that progress into doing it professionally? So, because I, I I know you came on the scene kind of late on radio. I did, and um, I know you went into the service, correct? I did. All right, so let's let's go back to when did you start DJing, and then when did that turn professionally? Uh, I've been DJing since I came out the womb, man. That was uh yeah, it wasn't nothing uh started you know from a from a shorty mac i was scratching my dad's records when i was a little you know how strong baby fingers are i used <laughs> right. to get my butt beat because i was scratching my dad's records so i've been djing my whole my whole life right up until the time when i started to learn how to mix so my first professional joint was when i was in the service okay um i was stationed at fort camel kentucky Okay. I was uh, stationed at 2nd and 502nd Infantry Barracks, and the club, was Air Assault Club, was right across the street from my barracks. Right. So I started at 18, 19 years old, and the difference that the there was, was I had hip-hop and R&B, you know, Alexander O'Neill, right. and not only that, two live crews was out at that time. Okay. Uh, uh, Go-Go was also big at that time, so right. I learned through house music, how to blend all of those musics together, yeah. you okay. know, progress, progressively starting off slow and moving all the way up. So, so did you did you play disco at that time too? Or yes. Or was it just the regular yes. Italian? So you did play disco too? Yes, I played disco and okay. house music and all that all that stuff. Okay, so going back, that's like 81, 85 you said? Mm, yeah, that okay. was 81, 85. That was high school. Okay, so high school. So, uh, so, so, so take me to like 85, 86 to like 90. Okay. Where were you at then? 86 to 91, I was at Fort Campbell in Germany. Okay. And I was spinning during that whole that whole piece. Right. Right? Um, so after that, 91 to 93. Okay. Uh, what was I going? I was going to Roosevelt 
No, no, no. I was going to DeVry. Then I went to Columbia and I was working at Coconut Records. Then I got on WGCI. Oh, wow. So that's what I was going to ask you. Yep. When did you first get on radio? Yeah, that was late 93. 1993. Yep. Okay, so when you got on radio, how how was that transformation? Like, who got you on radio at the time? It was a contest that they were, uh, that they threw out to spin alongside Mike Dunn. Oh, wow. So, and then I wasn't playing house music. They wanted me to play hip-hop and R&B, which was fine with me at wow, that time. Wow, okay. Yep, yep. Okay. So I first started out that way. And then they made some changes, and then they made me the main guy. And then one day I snapped and did all house music and the ratings went through the roof. I got fired for a week and I got <laughs> I got rehired the week next. So, so was Airroy the program director? Yes, the he was. So that's glad, I'm, I'm glad you, you you talked about that because uh, I had an interview with Mike Love before, mm-hmm. and I was asking him since you're at radio and you know this, how was the love for house music at at radio at that time? Especially knowing that Chicago is mostly a house predominant. Right type of music feel and group a genre out here. Correct. What was their approach from from the music programmers, the you know, and producers and all that from at the radio station? Okay, so Elroy Elroy's thing was was to make it familiar. Okay. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right, but the terms of familiar depends on what genre. He wanted radio familiar, and that wasn't. Club 107.5. Club 107.5 wasn't necessarily radio-familiar music. Okay. It was culture-familiar, right? Right. So that was our argument back and forth. There was tracks that I would play that he was like, what is this? I'm like, brother, trust me. Right. Trust me when I tell you this is going to work. And then the ratings proved. So, time so time you had to fight to play some records that was on there? Absolutely. And then when, when they proved that it was good, that he, he continued to let you play those records? I, so we got to an agreement where... He had me do old school lunch mixes, familiar stuff, you know, okay. during, the, during the week. And right. the trade-off was I could get to program what I wanted for Club 107.5. So that was our little bartering. Okay. So Club 107.5, it was just is you and Mike Dunn or just you yourself? It was just me. Okay. Yeah. At that time? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So were you completely free to program your own mixes? And how was House received, you know, when, when you was programming it into your sets? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Go ahead and I, explain that. A lot of times I would, I would, I, I probably, I probably know about this now. I would fudge the the cue sheets, so it would be a Stevie nice. Wonder song, right. and I would put a familiar title in there, and it'd be something else. So I don't know if he was necessarily checking it all the time, but right. my main concern was the the consumer. Because I had to go home. I had to go to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, And then these people knew I was on the radio, so they would, I would get this feedback. Right. Like, yo, run some old school. And our situation was unique because we also had a, a large old school fan base right. for WGCI. Correct. Which is a, Correct. You know what I'm saying? It was right. young, 18 to 24. Yeah. Right? So with that padding on with the numbers, it became another phenomenon altogether. Because, so our station was one of many... Uh, uh, corporate corporate situations. Right. We we belonged to a TV group called Gannett. Right. So we were the only radio station, and we didn't have the rules that Clear Channel would come to follow later. Right. As far as how we should format. So as long as we was getting the numbers, yeah, didn't have no, no and, problem and, and with and that. And I remember that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm 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 being honest here, because I remember you was the hip hop and R and B guy. And yep. then when you start playing house, I was like. This dude don't know nothing about no house music in it because I'm like I I don't like him and that that's my that was my understanding. At the time. That was but everybody's I mean, understanding. I, I love the way you spend now and mm-hmm. I I gotta be honest about it, man. I think you can play very well, man. But at that time, I was like, 
Oh hell no! I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, it's, it was a, definitely a transition yeah. type of situation. Yeah. So I had to get out of what he was talking about, right? And pull more into what I was talking about. No, I get about. you. It's radio. You know what I'm so I mean, people that don't know who wasn't on radio, they don't understand that. And I get it because I was on B96. That's so exactly what I, it was. I, I understand what you're saying. That's and, exactly what it was. You know, when when you're on there, you think people think like, well, why don't anybody just do this? I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's corporate thing. Not as simple as you think. Right. So do you feel like you broke any records on Chicago? I mean, I'm sorry. Do you think you broke any records on the radio in Chicago? And if so, name some. I was pulling a lot of house, the house, because I I understood where Elway was trying to go. Now, people think that he didn't like house. Right. That was not true. It was he very much did like house. It was just a matter of programming and coming up with this information for shareholders. Right. So with radio, commercial radio is really more about marketing, marketing, advertising. They could sell hip-hop because it had a culture behind it it was visual they had videos behind it you could see the clothes you could see what they was drinking it was well, a, I, I gotta say that house culture had the same thing only thing we didn't have was the videos but i must say before Elroy came into the situation gci was playing house right communicate you're right like this you're right um they supported the house culture and the Correct. house scene it's just i i believe when he when he got in there they wouldn't support even though they would make money from us they did not support us. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And being that Elroy wasn't from here and he didn't understand the culture. Right. But again, it's culture versus corporate. Yeah. And he was really swinging on the corporate side. So yeah, it we was. Just, we just needed somebody that really had balls enough to be like, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm do that. That yeah. was me. Yeah. So I went yeah. with the red marks on the checks and the meetings and all this other stuff. Let's like, see. What, what, what right. is this you're playing? I don't right. understand. I was like, man, Elroy, trust me. So you had a lot of pushback from him. A lot. At least wow. the, first, the first year. It was a lot wow. of he didn't understand it, and I was trying to get him to understand it. We would do boat parties, mind you, and right. I would play this music so I could show him that, that it works. Yeah, and so a lot of stuff that he started, like he started playing Love Injection. He started okay. to play All I Do. Uh, and speaking of house records, so when I came in, he uh, he programmed Show Me Love. I remember doing a remix for that. Okay. He brought in The Percolator, brought in Brighter Days. So he was looking regular at regular rotation. Yes. Okay. So he was bringing these records in, but again, when it came down to the shareholders and the, they didn't understand the culture. Right. So that was the pushback that he was getting that he was relaying to me. Right. So you know. Right. I'm a four hour in a twenty four hour station R and B station seven days a week. So I was grateful that I was able to do right. that. Okay. You okay. Know what I mean? So a lot of the original house crowd became disconnected in the nineties. Yep. Some people would say that you and Bulu led the resurgence of old school house era. Sure. Can you talk about what year and uh, what you felt that was happening during that time? Sure. It was definitely 94. Um, definitely 94. That, that, I, that I brought, because that's when I felt more empowered. Okay. To do, And then a lot of things had happened. Doug Banks left. Right. Tom Joyner left. So, El- so yeah, we, we're talking about just for radio because yeah. the scene was going on in the clubs and everything else for sure. on the ground. For sure. We're just talking about radio. For sure, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so um, yeah, we had definitely brought back the, the me and Bulu definitely brought back the old school feel yeah. a lot because it was definitely, the energy was missing at that time. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I think it definitely happened like that. And that's what I was going to say that a lot of time the radio station would throw these big house events. Sure did. I mean, promote it tremendously and there'd be thousands Huge. of people there. Congress, and, all right. of that. Mm-hmm. And I would get mad because I, I did a, that's when Facebook first came out, I, I believe. And I, I did a rant because they, they wanted to take the mixes off the show. Yeah, they and, did it too. <laughs> right. And I was pissed off because I'm just like, 
you would make money from us. You yep. would promote us mm-hmm. and sell us and do all these other things, mm-hmm. but you won't support us and keep us. And then you wanted to take it away from us. That's exactly what they did. And, so and, NBC, and, and, and that's the problem I have because hip hop culture, they have people supporting that. They have programs supporting that. The DJ supported, mm-hmm. and they push that. Yeah, they know that this is Chicago and mm-hmm. this is our our music. Mm-hmm. Our genre. We created it here. True, and they wouldn't push it like that. No, nope. and it's just sad because I mean I know you went into the meetings and, and talking to the men all the time. Was they saying anything else like that we should know? They weren't saying anything outside of what you already what you already were saying because again they couldn't sell it. That was their biggest their biggest beef was that we could do all these parties, but when it comes to the budget of what we would get versus a hip hop artist that would come into town or whatever doing the big jams, whatever it was night and day as far so, as so the money was for, concerned. For sponsorships then we're yes. talking about okay, so money yes. like that. Yes. But I think if they really put the time and effort in it, they could do that because, you know, like I was saying to Wayne Williams before, we had B ninety six that was on this up uh, other side of the dial. True. They changed their whore format from everything dance. Now, that's the difference. It wasn't house. It right. was dance music. Well, it was dance, but they did include the house, some Chicago house that yeah, was in there. Yeah, some. Uh, but I'm just saying, but they switched the whole, but at least they supported it. Yeah, I, I, and again, that was different companies. So right. that was Emmis, right? right? Right. So when they pulled all the house mixes off the radio. That's when Clear Channel came in the yep, situation. So yep. it wasn't the radio station right. per se yeah. because everybody within the radio station that worked there right. was all for house. Yeah. Don't get it Don't get it twisted. We were all for that and they were just as upset okay. when house music got pulled off radio but that wow. was a Clear Channel situation. Okay. So their thing was making GCI just like everybody else. Wow. They wanted to make a McDonald's well, hip hop right. was the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. they looked at the national scope of music, and that's what everybody was running about. Running about. The corporate suits wow. was all about hip hop. They were not interested in the culture mm. at all. And seeing that Chicago was the only city that was that strong, it'd be right. different if it had different cities. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like with DC and Go Go. Yeah. DC, oh, the Go Go only went, only went to DC, right. maybe Virginia, yeah. right? That's what it was with Chicago as far as the music, house music was concerned. Yeah, it's it crazy because, you know, I mean, New York touched on the house. I mean, they cause, did because people don't understand, you know, as, as me being in and traveling, mm-hmm. house and hip hop came together all the time. We used to sure do did. shows with hip hop artists. Sure did. Salt and Pepper, Jungle Brother, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they love house music. Yes, they did. But it, it, it was a culture with them, too. Yes. And they supported that, which I, I, I truly amend them. Mm-hmm. And it's just we couldn't get that here in Chicago. At all. Yeah. <laughs> so as a DJ and producer. Yeah. What has been your biggest win to date and what has been your biggest challenge? Uh, the biggest win. I think I think uh, the James Brown joint that I did the, uh, under Mortimer Snur, the Here I Come, I think that was the the, the moment That's when good. everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like you did it. Because I up until that point, I've been putting out records and people were I, I think people just reacted to that better but I love some of your stuff that came out earlier so I mean I'm a, I'm a fan of that yeah but I don't I don't I understand what you're saying about that record so yeah because yeah, Mike Dunn is playing the hell out that record beating that record like it stole <laughs> something and then it went to Louis and then it went worldwide right. after that to That's the point good. where I took that back and started pressing vinyl wow off of that so sold out of that Really? So right. how, yeah. how many uh, press, uh, pieces I of vinyl? Put, I put on? a limited edition of 120. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hot. Yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge? Um, keeping it going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so since you said that, yep. when you made that record, how did that come about? 
Well, it was a situation where I was in a bad uh, business relationship uh, with a person prior to that. This was 2018. And then after I found that that money was being stolen from me. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then you trust this person. You let That's him somebody in, from Chicago. Yes. And you let him in your home and all this other stuff. You and mean, then You know who that person is. Uh, yes, I do. You can say it right here on the show. Nah, I'd rather oh, not. You know I understand man. about energy. Right. Yeah, energy and intent. So, okay, okay. Um, so instead of taking it out and doing some vengeful stuff that I know will come back on me now, because I'm, I'm a big believer in energy. Um, I decided to take that energy and put it back into my work. Right. So that was 2018 when I found out. So that was the end of 2018. Right, 2019, right. I started to go get out of my feelings. And around March, that's when I hit that Here I Come. Oh, wow. And, so, and it was Ron who told me. He's like, you could do... Ron. Uh, I'm sorry, Ron Carroll. Okay, Ron Carroll. Ron was like, Ron was like, you could do a billion records. It's who you do records with. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put it on your label. How about that? So he's like, cool. So I didn't think it was going to be that big, maybe right. around Chicago people because right, it's James right. Brown, right? Right. But then Mike got a hold of it and he played at the Chosen Few picnic, brother. And that's what sparked oh, it. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's a great record, brother. And I think, yeah, that's that's gonna hold history for you right there, Thank brother. Thank you. Thank you. So, do you think house would ever be mainstream for black people? And do you think it it should be? <sighs> I think it should be because we had records back in the day that were about the same tempo, you know, with the Whispers and the Rick James and the Shalomars, which I think is just all of that is just an extension of the R&B dance records that we playing in the day. Back in the day, to me, house music is just an extension of, of the disco and, and the 12 inch records that we, that, that we were playing. So I think it's right. it will that it will always have a place with black people. Okay, so w w what are your thoughts on about house music for the future of the, of the kids that's coming up? Because our generation is getting older. Yeah. Uh, we transitioning, man, and it's, it's only sure that, you know, we're getting older and we're going to grow out of this. Sure. Um, what do you think about the younger generation with our type of music, like so far type of house music? I'm seeing a lot of kids starting to come up now, uh, uh, spinning, and they have parents who are well-versed in house music, and they need, you know, like J-Star right. and Amir, and uh, just one. Yeah. These, these, kids, these kids are coming up, and they know the classics, and they're and they're into the new stuff too. Yeah. So I think that if with our guidance yeah. and with their technology, or making it more visible, because that was I think house house biggest problem was that we couldn't see the artist, and hmm. we couldn't see the producer or whatever. Like you could see. Guru from Gangstar, like you could see wow. Tribe Called Quest. So like, you, you actually think it's, it, it was visionary that, absolutely. that we lost it because we didn't have the visuals there. So you got to think about when Yo! MTV raps, that's when a lot of folks got hip to N.W.A. Correct. You know, and a lot of the West Coast artists right. because a lot of New York, wasn't, they weren't having that. Okay, let me, let me play devil's advocate okay. here. Marsha Jefferson's Move Your Body. Didn't see the video. No video. Right. Record's huge. Everybody knows that record. Not everybody. Come on now. When I went to this, is my this is what I was telling you. So when I went to Kentucky, I was playing that back in '86, right? They right. didn't know what that record was. No, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about back then. I'm right. talking about but now. Oh, now it's a different so, situation. Yeah, it's a different yeah. Situation. I mean, yeah. I think a new record. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to break mm -hmm. and do everything for sure. But that record didn't have any visual. I mean, even that record, like in the '90s, was huge still. Mm -hmm. No visuals to that. Everybody knew that record still. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes to show you. I think it's about the music. 
I think it's about timing. Yeah. And I think it's about somebody really pushing and being behind it. Because I, I, I just don't see just... I know videos was a big part of it back then. Huge. But I just don't think that would have took it over the edge. I just think if somebody was really trying to push it and that would happen for in us. The, in the sense how, how, how R&B was pushed, you mean? Like, yeah. Like because, you know, you had record reps that were right. doing they were doing their thing. So if it got into that situation, yeah. then yeah, yeah. I, could, okay. I could see where the, the bigger markets, right. you know, New York, L.A., yeah. Chicago. So you recently had a taste, taste in, on the eating, EDM side of things too, I right? I did. And uh, tell me about that experience and what difference there were on that side. So um, it was E Smooth. I was I was I made a record, um, and uh, I played it for E Smooth. He was like, "You need to get in touch with this person with Neo X from X Productions and right. let him see what it sold." That's how I got hooked up with uh, uh, Felix, the house cat, yeah. and um, not David Guetta. My brain, oh my God, right now. I'm just, it'll come to me so that's how right. I got that that, right. that that sound of disco that type of situation because it's house right? you know we were making the same kind of records with the so you didn't do anything different you didn't mm-hmm. I mean so you didn't come in here with like oh, I'm gonna make an EDM record or nope okay nope it nope. just came about it just came it was just something that I was doing and I said it sound, that sound kind of cool because we're you yeah, know acid same. yeah same thing. Same so, thing. so, so, well, the other side. Did you get a chance to see that other side of the, you know, the spectrum? Unfortunately, no, because this was during COVID. Okay. So, you know, uh, that's when everybody. Yeah. Okay. That's the only thing that killed that record was okay. was when COVID was right. popping. So maybe you need to re-release it. Uh we talked about it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you had to choose, would you have a residency plan for a smaller crowd of lower heads all night, or a steady schedule for larger parties? Oh, larger parties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I Explain. Think, I think that uh now that house has come full circle for the second or third time, that people are a lot more receptive to it when you compare it with right. trap audience because it's an energy thing. Right. Like house music, always happy. Always right, happy, right, right, always right. joyful, you know. With the trap music, is it's another, it's a mood, it's a mood, and it's a vibe, and a lot of it is negative. Right. And you see, a lot of our young kids are getting murked out in the street really, yeah. really early. Where most of us, or we run around 55, 60 years old, still traveling yeah. around the world type of situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like we most of the DJs I know are got gray beards yeah. and kids and grandkids. Like, oh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. ge- it's super. It's happy happiness generational. Yeah. So, so how do you think the uh, the current culture of many DJs on a night playing short sets helps or hurt, hurt the culture? Hurt. You think so? Definitely hurt. Because um, I can't listen to one vibe for two hours okay. all night long. Because that's not how we came up. We right. came up with different type of musics all sewn together in one night. Yeah. Right? So I keep that same mentality when, because now they got soulful house and Afro yeah. house and yeah. deep house and tech house yeah, and sad house and, sad oh. house and <laughs> piano house and, you know, all these other things. It's, 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 but right. but if you stew all of that up together and yeah. make it one night, you can hit the room. That's okay. the difference between a DJ and a record player. Oh. Right. The selector, okay. you have a, that's why the larger crowds are so much important because you have different clicks right. in the crowd. Right. That you had to serve the room, and and also we didn't touch on this, but you went from GCI to were you on Soul? Okay, yeah. Let me tell you. Let okay. me tell you this story. Let me tell you right, so right. during my GCI moment, um, you know, I'm in the middle of it. Doug Banks went syndicated. Okay. So he tapped me on the shoulder because working for ABC. He's like, "Hey, I need some mixes done." I was like, "Okay, cool." Right, right. Um, what I didn't know 
was that one of its affiliates was 106 Jams at the time. Right. And I'm still hopping on GCI at the time, right? <laughs> right, right. So they're running my mixes in Elway and Marv caught wind of it. And they was like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, listen, buddy. You can't do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm. So they was running the same mix. Yes, sir. No, not the same mixes. I was making oh, two different, different type of mixes. Okay, you know, okay. I made I made sure I did that. Right, 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 right. That bad. <laughs> so they were like, you can't, you can't do that, bro. I'm like, right. well, I don't know why. I'm not under contract with you. I'm an independent contractor. So, wow. and they're doing it at different times. So I don't understand the problem. He's right. like, well, you're gonna have to pick one or the other. I'm like, well, can't you match the offer? Because they were paying this is ABC. Right. And they were like, no, nah, we can't do that. So. Two fingers. And I was working for them and I was working for Super Radio also at the same time. So I wasn't hurting. Right. You know, but uh, that is what happened at that time. Yeah. Oh, I was a wild boy. (laughs) I was crazy. So here's the the whole controversy of... of, of Where do you think the term house music came from in your perspective? You know... Mo, because like I said, I was a radio child and I wasn't... I didn't get hip to uh, Ron... And Frankie until high school. Right, Ron Hardy and Frankie Knowles, right? Right. Um, you know, I had older older heads bringing around tapes, Correct. around and whatnot. So when I started to understand the difference between disco nights right. and pineapples, right. I was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> house music." Right, right. Got it. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, that was music that they played at the warehouse. Okay. No, right. That, that's I'm, I'm I just I'm just trying to like, make sense to me. Everybody has a different story sure. about it. Okay. So, Steve, what's your end goal and what are you working towards and how do you think being in Chicago help or hurts? Um, living in Chicago helps a lot. Uh, I think it, for me it keeps me grounded uh, because we have so much talent out here doing so many great things, right? And beyond just the music and people right. going back into the community right. and people doing tours mm-hmm. and mentorship and this video stuff. This is great right, right here. Right, right. I love I love I documentaries. It. It's great. Yes. I love it. Okay. Um, I think that with us doing it in real time yeah. to explain explain the culture, because a lot of people, we got 10 billion stories, right. and everybody has their perspective on Absolutely. it. So I think that once we all streamline time-wise what happened first Correct. to define how it became right. house music. Right. So I think that the more we talk about it and the more we talk, especially Chicago, we yep. need to get that That's story straight That's first. That's why I wanted to do this. We right. need to get that story yeah, straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Before everyone else, because everyone else has their opinion about, oh, House came out here. It's like, no, 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 no. Right. I remember us kids right. back in 79 and 80 calling right. that House right. music right. specifically. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Good, good, good. So, you have to rock a Chicago House party with yeah. three Chicago House records. Oh, Lord. What would they be? Man. Time to jack. Okay. Move your body. Okay. Man, this is hard, bro. Just <laughs> <laughs> one more, brother. I had to think about, you know, immediate impact when right. I'm out playing. Right. Right. Um, I would say, would you believe it's house? Dun, dun, mm, mm, right. dun, yeah. I would, because like I said, those, those, Particular three records in any set, right. North Side, old wow. school, new school. Okay. I could pull those out. And you know, I'm surprised because no one ever says Lil Lewis. I think because Lewis came late, a little later, right? And 
But he changed the scene though with that. Yes, he but changed you, the scene and the well, sound. You have to see Mike's Dunn interview because he got something special about that. That's coming up soon too. Mm-hmm. So I, I need you to look up. And that. then he was on the inside. Right, so right, that right, was right. there was a di- there's a difference between yeah. me yeah. as a radio kid and right. him who was already in there. Correct. You correct. know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. in the fishbowl. All right. So he could probably give you a better right, right. You know. All right. So uh, is there anything you want the audience to know about Steve Miggity Maestro, man? Um, I do this out of love. I really, really do. I love my people and I love this culture and I love what it stands for. I love the vibration that it gives off. Nice. I love to see people right. congregate and have a good time. I love to see people hugging on each other. People, right. You know, especially like situations like the Chosen Few Picnic, I love because even though it's a once a year situation, it's like one right. big happy family yeah. reunion yeah. slash Frat, sore, yeah. neighborhood, high school, grade school, yeah, college, yeah. army, get together okay. where we all see each other yeah. that summertime and got kids and right, grandkids, right, right. you know. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love the vibe. That's what it is. House is a vibe. Well, remember, everybody, follow Steve Migley Maestro on social media. Yeah. And also subscribe, hit the button. And hit the notification button for all new episodes of Everything House Music and More. Steve, I want to thank you for being on the show, brother. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you and God bless, man. I love you, man. Peace, bro. All right.